I'm going to pray for us. And then what we want to do is we just wanted to get everybody together and kind of share uh, information uh, with you about what things are going to be like moving forward. And so I have the directional team uh, up here. Uh, they've been incredible, incredible partners uh, during this crazy time. Pick whatever word you want to use. Unprecedented, crazy, difficult. Uh, and they have just been incredible support as we have talked through what does this look like for invitation? Uh, not what does it look like for other churches, but what does it look like uh, for us? So uh, I'm just really uh, grateful uh, for this team, for Kendall and for Bobby, for Eric, for Emily, uh, and for Jared who can be here today. Uh, they've just done an incredible job. So if we say thank you to them at the beginning, that would be incredible. We had Kendall and Bobby and Emily join the directional team at the beginning of 2020. And we literally had one meeting in person and then this all happened. So uh, thanks for the, the way that you serve our church. So let's pray and then we'll, we'll talk through some things. We'll battle the wind and we'll get you out of here. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this community, uh, for the relationships that exist within it, uh, for the way that you have been faithfully and powerfully at work uh, in our lives as individuals, but also uh, in the community of faith. And so uh, we just give this time to you. We give the difficulties of this season of life to you. Uh, we want to be a trusting people, a group of people, uh, despite the challenges, the difficulties, the uncertainty, we can be a people uh, who understand what it means to trust the one who knows and redeems and works all things uh, for good. And so uh, we do believe that um, today and in this time. And so we ask that you would uh, bless our time, our conversation, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, before we begin, I have a hat that I have to wear. So I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to be watching a football game, and maybe you're cheering for a team, and there's a flag on the field, and half of the crowd loves it. Half of the crowd is like, that guy is a crazy person. Or there's another flag that maybe comes out. I've got lots of these. I'm only going to throw a couple of them. There's another flag on the field, and half of the crowd loves it, half of the crowd hates it, and then, oh my gosh, there's another flag. And again, half of the crowd loves it, half of the crowd is upset about it. I think that's a little bit of a picture of our time. And we live in a really interesting time in history uh, because of what we are walking through. And so what I want to be able to talk about today a little bit is the choices, the decisions uh, that we've made as a leadership team and how they impact while understanding that it's going to be impossible for everyone in our community to applaud those decisions or to agree with them. Uh, the question for us is going to be, can we still walk together? Can we still be unified even if we don't all agree? So a couple things. I wanna talk about the process of leadership at Invitation during COVID. So number one, uh, as a leadership team, we have made a commitment uh, to not make any copycat or impulsive decisions. And so we didn't wanna just make a decision because other churches 
we're making that decision. Oh, that just seems like the way that we should go. Let's go ahead and, and do that. We also didn't want to make a decision uh, impulsively. And so we wanted to create enough space and time to go by so that we could look at what's happening, not just locally, but in our country, because this is new for all of us. I mean, all the teachers in the schools are trying to figure out what this means for them. All of the medical providers are trying to figure out what it means for them. Business owners, parents, students, everybody, we are all trying to figure uh, this out. So that's number one, a commitment to not make any copycat or impulsive decisions. Number two, uh, we made a commitment as a leadership team to take into consideration who we are as a church, how we function differently than other communities, what our limitations are, and what approaches are sustainable for us given our infrastructure. So when you plant a church, if you ever planted anything in your life, what you know is that it takes a while for it to grow. You can't just walk out to your backyard. And as a little kid, I thought this, I could just put some apple seeds in the ground, put some water on it, and then two weeks later, be good to go. It's gonna end in a second. Peace, be still, all right? We'll see if it works. It takes a little bit. And so, as we sought to make uh, decisions for, see, now we're all right, for our community, this too shall pass. And get that, that's a good slogan for this time. It's gonna, it just takes a little while. And so, you know, we had to, to con take into consideration what our resources are, what our staffing looks like, just what the rhythms of our church look like. Like we set stuff up every single week. We don't have a, a building where all of our stuff just stays put all week long. And we also, uh, many of you have experienced the cattle shoot when you come in the doors of invitation. Like there's not like a huge lobby where you all can like spread out. It's like, oh, here we all are, all like getting in the line for amusement park ride. And so we wanted to take the, the particulars of what a gathering looks like for us into account when we were making decisions. That's number two. And number three, uh, we made a commitment to lean on the wisdom of our medical provider task force. So we had several people in at invitation who are medical providers. And so each and every day they get up and they care for sick people. Like that's their gig, that's their thing. And they have a perspective that is really helpful, especially for the rest of us who don't deal with that on a day in and day out basis. And so as we had conversations with them, they were really helpful to us. So we leaned on their wisdom. Number four, we made a commitment to consider the needs of the whole community and to prioritize the long-term over the immediate. So we didn't just wanna make a decision for right now. As we could go around today and we could all talk about and share and articulate difficult seasons that you've experienced as a person or as a family. And what's true is things pass. Whether it's the wind trying to knock our face off, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a school year, like we make it through things eventually. And so we didn't want to just make a decision for right now. We want to take the long view in mind. So that's kind of been our process. Uh, we have had meetings over Zoom. We've had in-person meetings as we discussed these things. So that's number one. Number two, how we've carried ministry forward during COVID. 
So like ministry hasn't stopped because we have not been able to meet in person. Like we've continued to do our best to live out the vision and mission of invitation. I want to share a couple of things about what we've done. We've provided opportunities for people to engage uh, from a distance via videos, podcasts, Zoom groups, cards, texts, and phone calls. Uh, I will let you know that we have a church Zoom account. And as of this week, we've logged 659 hours of meetings over Zoom during this time. And so people have connected. Now, that, of course, is not the same as meeting in person, but it has still afforded us the opportunity to stay connected with people. We continue to provide support and care to individuals and families via Zoom conversations and when possible, in-person connection. So there was some opportunities for us to do that. When we could do that outside, we would do that. Also, because of your faithful generosity, we continued our financial partnerships with Loganov Alive, our ministry partner in Haiti. In addition to providing financial assistance to people in our community and more broadly, individuals and families in the city of Sioux Falls. So because people continue to give, we had an opportunity to continue to minister. And so we didn't have to say to Loganov Alive, hey, I know that we've been a faithful partner to this point, but we're not really able to do that this year. We'll try to re-engage next year. We've continued that financial partnership because of your faithfulness and God's provision. So we really celebrate that. Uh, and then uh, you provided uh, meals via delivery services for people. Uh, we performed weddings. Uh, we performed the, the funeral for Jimmy Shields. And so things continued to move forward, even though we weren't gathering in that gym. So yes, ministry has shifted, but ministry has not stopped. Okay, so next question we have to talk about is what's changing? The weather is changing, but also because we understand that physically distanced ministry is not a sustainable or effective long-term strategy for living out the ministry of invitation, we're implementing opportunities for our community to gather for worship and personal connection in ways that allow us to also care for our neighbors. We realize that in some ways we have squeezed all of the juice out of distanced opportunities at this point. We've, through Zoom and the other things that we've been doing, we've squeezed about all out of that that we can. So we will continue providing online opportunities for people who are not able to gather due to illness, work situations, or one's own connection or proximity to someone who's vulnerable to COVID-19. But beginning October 4th, we will be providing two opportunities to gather on Sunday morning for corporate worship as a family of God, one at 9.30 and one at 10.45. We realize that everybody is in a different situation. There are people who would love to be here today, but they're not able to. Some people are caring for aging parents. So I spoke with one person this morning who would love to be, he be here, but her 88-year-old mom lives with them, and so they're being really, really careful. And so we all have different situations, but what's changing is we are going to continue to do our online opportunities, but we're shifting to some in-person opportunities as well. So a couple of things that we're asking of you as a church. I don't pull the pastor card very much. I don't know that I maybe like ever have been like, hey, as your pastor, I'm asking you something. Um, but we're asking you something today. Uh, and here's two things. Number one, 
I'm asking for commitment to getting this right versus being right. Obviously, in this space and in this time, as we talk about COVID safety measures, precautions, there's all different kinds of opinions. And I think it would be possible for us to, to work to be right about our perspective. And I don't know how many of you here have somebody in your life and they're just always right. Don't raise your hand, don't look at them. Just think about it in your mind. No, you guys are doing it, stop. Don't talk to each other about it. But when you have a relationship with someone and they just always have to be right, that does not help cultivate relationship. It actually isolates. It isolates you. But if we're going to be committed to, to getting this process right, I think that can connect us. right? And obviously we have different opinions. Obviously we have different perspectives. But the question for us is like, what kind of church are we going to be? What kind of people are we going to be? And so we want to make sure that we get this season of our church's life right versus wanting to have the right perspective and to be able to say, see, I told you so. Like I told you that like wearing a mask actually wasn't going to like make a difference. I told you and I was right. We want to, instead of trying to be right, we want to get this right. So how we treat one another in this season that we're in, I think that is going to determine what kind of future we are going to have as a church. I think as a church, we have a couple choices. I think as a church, we can reproduce what we're seeing play out in the world. Like, if we want to, we could reproduce what we see on social media. Like, the vitriolic way that people are treating one another. Like, we could reproduce that in the church. And how many of you know that there's a lot of churches that do that? It's, like, really no different. Like, Jesus has said, like, hey, like, I want my church to be one. It's a city on a hill but we've just reproduced what the world looks like. So that's one choice we have in front of us. Or I think we could reflect the values of the kingdom of God to live into Jesus' prayer, that things would be on earth as they are in heaven. And so we need to talk about some COVID precautions. So to the person wearing a mask, getting it right means we're going to avoid coming to any conclusions about someone not wearing a mask. And it also means that we will be generous in our thoughts and in our interactions with them. Because that's what's playing out in the world, right? So wearing a mask or not wearing a mask is like now a political statement. Instead of understanding that, you know what? Like, I don't know what went into that person making that decision, but I'm gonna be generous in my thoughts toward that person, because you know that your thoughts impact the way that you interact with somebody, and I'm gonna be generous with my interactions with them. You know, at Invitation, a lot of times we've talked about hospitality as like coffee and donut holes, right? We have somebody and that's like their gig. They do the coffee and, the, and that's hospitality. I think we're stepping into a season in the life of our church where we are taking a hospitality exam. And our hospitality exam is how are we going to think of other people who have made a different decision than we have and how are we going to treat them? So to the person not wearing a mask, getting it right means we're going to avoid coming to any conclusions about someone who's wearing a mask. And it also means we will be generous in our thoughts 
and in our, in our interactions with them. And I'm not saying this is easy to do. I actually think this is hard. Because for a lot of people, it's very easy to surround yourself with people who think like you do, who make choices like you. And what's beautiful about the church is that it's always been a group of people who live with diversity. It's always been a, a group of people who have not come to the same conclusions about things. And most of the letters that the Apostle Paul writes to the early church in the New Testament is because they're not getting this part right. They're not able to live in the tension of the diversity. And so he can write a letter to this church in Galatia. And he's like, hey, it's not about what kind of people group you come from. It's not about your perspective. It's about what God has done in your life. And so he will write to this church in Galatia. He'll say, I've been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life I live in the body, I live so by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. So my question with that has always been, so what gets crucified? If Paul says like, oh, I've been crucified with Christ. Like what gets crucified? Like what gets put to death? Well, a couple things get put to death. Like the way that we used to think about other people gets put to death. The way that we used to talk to other people gets put to death. Like, like a selfishness with which we used to live gets put to death. And the original language of that verse makes it clear that this is all like ongoing stuff. So I have been and am being crucified with Christ. Because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live in the body, I live by faith. So the life that I live in my body now, it actually takes faith to live this way. It actually takes faith to not live with the certainty that like my perspective is right. And I want to say too this morning that I think invitation lives this out beautifully. I think when I think about what my experience has been in our community, I think we have sought to do our best to live this out well. And I just want to make sure that that continues to be true of us. So commitment number one, a commitment to getting it right over being right. Commitment number two is a commitment to be a big church. So there's this woman named Brene Brown, and she is a sociologist and a researcher. And she uses this acronym BIG. So for those of you who are like, what? That's like totally against everything you've ever talked about. So this is weird. A big church. So B is boundaries. So we want to be a church that has boundaries. Uh, the I is integrity. We want to be a church that has integrity. And then the G is generosity. We want to be a church that's generous. So boundaries. What are boundaries? Boundaries are what's okay and what's not okay and why. So a boundary at invitation is that it's not okay to allow the issue of masking or any other issue related to COVID-19 precautions to destroy relationship. Like, I'm just not okay with that. And it's not because I've worked really hard the last four years. I have, but that's not the reason. The reason is because God is doing something beautiful in our community. And so I just don't let anybody 
come into the house that I live in and do whatever they want. Like I give people permission to sit down at the table that I bought and to eat the food that I buy. My kids don't, but other, I'm talking about other people. And in the same way, I feel the same way about my house on Glendale Avenue as I do about this church. I love this church deeply. And the thing that I'm most concerned about for us is that we would fall into the temptation to reproduce in our church what's present in the world and to not be different. That's my biggest concern, is that we can live with this tension. And so I'm not okay with the issue of masking, destroying relationship. And you might say like, wow, that kind of sounds dramatic. Um, how many of you know that relationships change slowly and drift happens slowly? And how many of you also know that there have been relationships in your life that once were really important to you and they're no longer present? Like they were a big deal. But slowly over time, you just, we talk about it like this, how we just like grew apart. Well, how did that happen? And so for me, when I think about COVID precautions, and I think about the decisions, the guidance that we're offering, it's about doing our best. It's about doing our best in this crazy time that is going to pass. But what won't pass is the impact of the choices that we make during this time. Like that thing will endure. So how we treat each other now, like that's gonna endure. And so I want us to be conscious here comes some more wind. Not today's safe. All right, so that's boundaries. Integrity. What's integrity about? Integrity is about choosing courage over comfort. So integrity is choosing what's right over what is fun, fast, or easy. So how many of you know that choosing the treadmill is a courageous decision? And how many of you know it doesn't take a lot of courage to choose the couch and a gallon of ice cream. Like that's pretty comfortable. And guilty of both, of course, we all are. I'm not saying anything about that today. But to have integrity is to choose what's right over what's fast or easy or comfortable. And so that's what we wanna do as a church. So even like entering into this conversation is that for us. Like it's a, it's a courageous thing to love another person. It's a courageous thing to love another person who has a different perspective than you. It's a courageous thing to continue to love a person who has a different perspective than you and continue to show up in their life over the long haul. So boundaries, integrity, and then generosity. So generosity is about doing our best to be generous toward other people. And so... Brene asked this question, what would it mean for you if people who you disagree with are doing the best they can? Not, what, what would it mean for them? But what would it mean for you if people you disagree with are doing the best they can? So I wanna say a couple things. People who wear masks don't hate freedom. And they don't hate this country. They've made a decision 
to do their best to protect the people around them. They also understand, we also don't know everybody's situation. We have no idea about what is unfolding in the life of another person. So just because someone isn't coming to a gathering, can I just help everybody? It doesn't mean they're mad. It doesn't mean that they disagree with the choice that they've made, right? There's a, there's a lot of particular scenarios that make up our church. And so we just wanna be generous with that. Can I tell you my experience in the grocery store when I see someone who hasn't been to church in a while? Can I just tell you like what they say to me and how they sometimes try to avoid me even though they saw them and I, they knew that I saw them so I caught them so we gotta have a conversation. It goes something like this. Hey, uh, uh, it's like they're asking me to marry them. They're so nervous. And like, it's, uh, well, like, it's just been really busy. And then like, we had the flu and then like, really sorry, we haven't really been at church. And, and do you know what I say to people when they say that to me? And you'll know this because I've said it to some of you. Let's agree that this is the last time we're going to have this conversation. Let's just agree. We're not going to have this conversation anymore. You're not going to come up to me you haven't been in church in a while, you're not going to apologize, you're not going to ask for forgiveness, like, you're in. We're going we're gonna to operate from that standpoint. That's a generous standpoint. Turns out, to have friends, you need to be a generous person. So let's continue to do that. Also, people who don't wear masks, they're not trying to infect the whole world with COVID-19. I'm very confident. So can we be generous in this space and in this time? So, some questions that I've received. Uh, what will the gatherings look like? So you're talking about two gatherings. You've never done that before. What are these things going to look like? And we need to talk about masks. So we are asking individuals, school age and above, to please wear a mask. While we understand that there's not consensus among all South Dakotans on this issue, shocking, from the conversations we've had with medical providers connected to invitation, their advice and perspective has been in concert with the CDC on the impact of masking. We aren't speaking for doctors or for organizations you might stumble upon on the internet. We're speaking of local medical practitioners who have told us that the most responsible way to gather, especially with singing involved, is to ask people to wear a mask during the gathering. So know this too. You will not be forced to wear a mask. So if you come to church without one, you're going to be welcomed just like you've always been. I am not going to tackle you in the entryway and duct tape a mask to your face. I had a friend in church who said that she would like to see that, but I said, stop being so mean. That's not going to be part of this. But we are asking that you would. Because of the situation that we exist in, to gather together and to sing and to have all of our droplets going everywhere and to not be wearing a mask. As a leadership team and as a staff and as your pastor, like I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't feel comfortable inviting people who have all different kinds of situations into an environment like that. I'm not talking about walking into a grocery store or whatever, because I'm sure those places where you don't have to, like I'm not in control of the decisions that people make. I'm nobody's mother. But as a pastor of this local church, I have two choices. I can be a good shepherd or I can be an irresponsible shepherd. And for me, it's not every pastor feels this way. Not every church feels this way. I don't feel like it's a responsible thing 
to just say, well, just kind of do what you want. So as an organization, we're asking to do our very best. So if I can know that by me wearing a mask, maybe one person doesn't get sick, even if there's a chance for that, I'm gonna do that. It doesn't make me better, it doesn't even make me right. It's my conviction, and it's the conviction of invitation, okay? So that's why we had to say all that I had just previously said, because I know and I understand that we're not all cheering that penalty flag on the field. Like, I know that. But we're not going to allow that to destroy relationship. We're not gonna allow that to destroy like how we think of one another. Okay, so that's masks. Kids ministry. The last time we gathered indoors as a community was on March 8th. Feels like it was 20 years ago. It's been about seven months since we've been able to do so and our approach is going to be to take things slowly and methodically as we return to our in-person gatherings. We believe it's unwise to rush back into things as they once were. That would be unfair to our kids team and would put undue pressure on them. So like week one, we're not just gonna like rush all the way back into things, okay? Some of us have a tendency to want to do that. And so we need to avoid that temptation. We're gonna take this slowly. As we begin to regather, we're gonna have activity bags for kids so that they can have something to work on during our time together as a church. And we would also encourage you to bring something that would help you and your family best engage in our gathering. We wanna support you, but we also know that you know best the needs of your kids. We also understand that we're gonna have some more noise in our gatherings for families who choose to attend. And I've said it before, and I'll say it a million times, we're 100% okay with that. You're looking at somebody whose six-month-old child, the first day of invitation, had a red car during the sermon that he was banging over and over and over on a metal chair. That's just, this is life. We're not going to expect kids to all of a sudden walk into a church building, church gathering, and all of a sudden, like, they don't have needs. They don't act the way that they were acting before they came in. So I would much rather have a church with signs of life than a church with signs of decay. So I also worked with teenagers for 15 years prior to planting invitation. And if there's one thing I know, it's how to teach when it sounds more like an arcade than a museum. All right. So I'm okay with a little noise. Number three, uh, BYOC, bring your own coffee. So as much as most of us love the breaks coffee provided each week, we're going to put a pause on that for a while. I know it's a huge bummer for many, but know it will come back. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law actually own the breaks. And so he promises he's not going anywhere. And so it is going to come back. Uh, number four, physical distancing. So one of the major challenges for us at Invitation is that we have limited space in the facility that we rent. Most churches can spread out chairs, take out a row, but that's not possible for us. In our current space, we can host about 100 people physically distanced in the gym. So we're going to keep our gatherings even smaller than they have been. So in an effort to do so, we are moving to two gatherings. One at 930 and one at 1045. And what we're going to do is we're going to send out a sign-up genius every week that has an opportunity for you to sign up for a 930 or a 1045. The reason we're doing this is it's not like you need a ticket to come to church. That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to be this like attractional kind of deal. What we're trying to do is we're trying to keep our gathering smaller 
so that we can promote safety. That's, that's the heart of this, okay? And so that's the decision that we have made. So another reason why it's gonna be really helpful for us if you do sign up is it's gonna keep us from like having one gathering with like 70 people and one gathering with like 12, okay? So I'm just gonna ask like, when you go to the Sign Up Genius, if you kind of notice like one's lopsided, if you would help us just like slide over to the other one, that would be great. Because our goal is to get as close to 50-50 as we can. We know that's Pollyanna and probably not gonna happen. And there's probably gonna be some awkward weeks where I won't even need a microphone. We'll just like sit in a circle. I, we just know like that's just gonna happen. But if you could partner with us in doing that, that'd be great. If you have trouble with that and need help, I would love to help you sign up. If you don't wanna use Sign Up Genius, you have something against it or you don't know how it works, call me and we'll work it out together, okay? I can get you on the list, all right? So that will help us. The last thing, and then I'll take whatever questions you have. Our mantra for the next 95 days. 95 days left in 2020. There's a theologian that I really respect a lot, and his name is J.I. Packer. And he once wrote this. If you ask, why is this happening? No light may come. But if you ask, how am I to glorify God now? There will always be an answer in an airplane at the most important part. I'm going to read it again. If you ask, why is this happening? No light may come. But if you ask, how am I to glorify God now? There will always be an answer. And that's what this is for us. It's always been about that. Like, how am I to worship God? How am I to honor God? How am I to glorify God now? Because this pandemic thing is going to end. It's a season of life. And we're going to be on the other side of this. And so in the middle of this, how are we to glorify God? And I'm not answering that for you. I'm just asking you to consider what that looks like in your life. So that's our plan for moving forward. Obviously, we have reached the end of Church in the Park, as evidenced by the weather today. And so we do want to move to some indoor gatherings hosted responsibly. Um, one question that I imagine I may receive is, okay, so what's the point where those get shut down? And I don't have an answer for that today. Uh, we are going to have to take this a week at a time. I'm not promising that we'll gather every week for the next six months. I don't know that. Um, but we are going to continue to meet with our medical team um, as a leadership team, the directional team together. We've got a new member of the directional team, which I'm excited about. Welcome, Ivy. Welcome to the show. And we're going to do our best. And so that's kind of where we, where we are as a church. We wanted to be able to share that information with you. Uh, we do have a microphone up here. I sure am open to questions uh, that you may have uh, for me or for the directional team. But I also understand that you may want to ask me privately and that's okay too. So anyone have, this is your opportunity. Oh yeah, and Caleb's gonna shut the video camera off.